Welcome to the first episode of Nice Try for the Fans by the Fans. My name is Elle and your co-host, Timothy, do you want to say hello? What do you do? How's it guys? <laughs> right on. That's us fans just like you and we're here to talk all things Rugby World Cup. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the squads. Most of the squads have been announced and there've been some surprises here and there and then of course, we're going to look at some news. Owen Farrell, injuries happening during warm-up matches and then our very special feature where every episode we're going to start building the all-time greatest Springbok lineup. That means us, you, we're all going to have input and we're going to build this dream team in each and every position. That of course means that this week we're going to start with the props. Tim, do you have someone in mind? Have you been looking back on some classic matches? Uh are you going to drop any hints? We're going to do it at the end, but you know, maybe you can uh, you can change my mind or plant some seeds in the meantime. Well, you know, um I've had a look at the Springbok caps and I'll be honest there's quite a number that I'm not familiar with. Um uh-huh. and I guess we needed to do some sort of research uh to figure out uh, the contributions that different players have made. But I will be slightly biased to those that I've watched and then there's obviously some standout names that I don't think we can look past. But I think it is a, a good exercise to sort of flex and you know look a bit deeper in Mm. the history of the box i think there's a lot of unknown gems out there and i'm sure it will cause a bit of a stir amongst rugby springbok purists yeah i'm hoping it does i'm hoping that it does now you you're talking about you're looking at caps do you think experience counts the most or is that something that you're going to be looking at when you're building your your dream team obviously your know, selection is always much of a muchness uh, we just take the springbok example for the world cup squad selection there were countless uh, pages <laughs> written <laughs> about who should have been and who shouldn't have been included and so caps do sort of uh, give a testament of a player's quality because mm-hmm. he would have in most cases been capped by or at least gained caps amongst various coaches so i think it is a sort of shorthand to get an indication of a player's quality so that is something that i had to consider uh, because i mean I'm of the age where my first Springbok mm. experience is 2007 really in terms of Sure. So spoiled. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, winning <laughs> uh and so I've only known uh, in those those players that have sort of mm. contributed to that. uh but I will you know lean on historians uh, previously people that have sort of been keeping up with the game so you're telling me your rugby watching career is the same length as Francois Stein's playing career that's essentially, magic essentially essentially <laughs> <That's> magic <laughs> no spoiled indeed okay well then let's let's start there not with Francois Stein although when we saw Andre Pollard not being um, in the the squad makeup last week. Um I bet there were a few 
who attempted to to call up uh, at least Francois Stein or even Mornay Stein or one of the the old faithfuls were were you were you surprised or had you heard rumors about Andre Pollard not being fit to play what what's your feeling around the squad specifically about us only going with one specialist number 10 yeah i mean i guess we'll revisit this at the <laughs> end of the world cup but i think it, it was you that uh, first sort of alerted me to the fact that there were rumors <laughs> of um luet and polo not making it and I, I I guess we are spoiled as Springbok fans. I just have the sense of confidence in our coaching team, and so I'm. For me, I don't think these things are catching them off guard. So I'm resting in that. But if I just had to, you know, pay my heart on my sleeve, I, I'm I'm very nervous. <laughs> All that is a big must. It's money's come along quite nicely to obviously towards these last two seasons, and I think the uh, URC final has boded him well. But I feel like Springbok rugby's winning formula is defense, goal kicking, mm-hmm. set pieces, and obviously his last showing for Argentina was not inspiring much confidence. But I, like I said, I I, I trust Rossi Jock. The team, I think they mm. have been planning. I know in the documentary, I think it was chasing the sun. They said that this is the actual, you know, this is the this will be showing what they've been planning for. So mm. uh, a loss like Pollard isn't something that you can easily foresee, but uh, they must have had, you know, that in mind with the contingencies. And then obviously you mm. have other issues with Alton also falling out of favor. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm confident in the team. Uh, look, mm. most part the, the forwards are generally who we expected to be there. Uh, what is a big miss, but Jean Klein had a good URC. I mean, yeah, he made it him. to the final, so it, it gives an opportunity for a couple of other players to yes. write their name in the books for sure. And yes, you know, especially seeing that you you started your. You're rugby watching in 2007. I remember Jake White back then talking about how defence is a feature of World Cup winning squads, and that might not be true every tournament, but it certainly was true in 2007. It wasn't the most emotional of the World Cups, especially compared to '95 and 2019, but it really was a technical. Showpiece. We were outstanding in terms of just being clinical, being yeah. precise. That rush defense. You know, that was when everyone learned about rush defense. And yeah. we can talk maybe about Eddie Jones and the part that he played when it came to that technical coaching. But I, I want to also mention something that our captain, my captain, Sia Kulisi, mentioned at the squad announcement. When they were talking about, okay, there are some some new faces, some new styles represented in the squad, and also they alluded to Andre not being there, and he said, you know what, it's not going to be easy, and we need to 
make some changes. We need to adapt. And that gets some of us excited. Thinking about the kind of game that Marnie plays, the kind of backline he produces for, I'm excited to see what they what they mean by we've got to change things up, we've got to adapt. Because when you look at Marnie, Kirtley, even Estherays and the Giant, when you when you look at the makeup without Lucanio, without Handre, there definitely has to be something completely different that that we must be going for. So maybe this is this isn't gonna look like 2019 or like 2007 where we're dominating up front of course we have to do that to to set up those beautiful backs but i'm i'm with you i i have trust and i'm i'm excited yes scared a little bit especially when we're facing such a tough pool and by tough pool i mean ireland who are just every World Cup, I feel like this is it. This is it for them. And well, it hasn't been, but maybe this is it for them. And we'll talk about that later in the series as well. But yeah, right now, um, just back to our squad. We touched on Handre not being there and and um and things being changed up a bit. What's the thinking with the the nines going in with four scrum offs? There, were, there was quite a bit made about it, and I'm I'm wondering if you have any thoughts. This was a bit of a wild card, uh, especially considering the reasons even for the injured players. I mean, we haven't seen Jaden play at all since he got mm. injured, uh, so that was a bit of a surprise. I yeah, I'm at a loss. <laughs> to actually have a sort of cohesive idea of what is being thought about. Yeah, I thought we settled on our nines. Look, Grant Williams can provide cover mm. for wing. It's 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 just something that we'll have to see how it plays out. Mm. There is all those possibilities of replacements in terms of injured players or, yeah. as Fox said, players that might deselect themselves, which I don't even theatrics and pension <laughs> uh, for mind games, I definitely wouldn't put it past them as a team. That is probably one of the more confusing selections. I think everything else is fairly straightforward. Mm -hmm. um, with the team and the form players that have shown themselves are sure. in selection. But yeah, yeah. the fourth come offs. Yeah, I, I thought they would have someone, you know, like a Franz Rostein uh, or someone that can cover fly off because we're looking quite great, really. Even another yeah. sort of utility back. But yeah, I will we'll see how it plays out. Yeah. You know, there's there's a lot of talk about uh, Grant Williams. He can he can cover wing, and then we've got Willems, Damien Willems, who can do just about anything at the back. But when it comes to specialists, it is a World Cup after all, and I'm pretty sure the English would like to be in our shoes because they have lost one of their scrum halves, and now sure he wasn't there. Absolute number one, Jack Van Poort Flit. Um, he's he's now become unavailable and he's replaced by lesser known Alex Mitchell. He's only played off the bench. I think throughout the, the Six Nations, he didn't have much time at all and now he's been thrown into the World Cup. So I'm sure they they envy us in our four scrum half 
setup that we have. Yeah. But can, can we yeah. can we just take a look at some of the other squads? Of course, a lot was there was a lot of talk around the mission of Michael Hooper and Quaid Cooper over in Australia. And Eddie Jones is is this his theatrics? Is he trying to make a point? Is he trying to be in the news? What's the thinking behind that? And I'm not I'm not complaining or aching for for either one of these. I mean, Michael Hooper, he has led the team. He his work rate is something else. But yeah. what what's the thinking there? Look, Australia is a puzzling case because if you just look at the draw and the group, it seemed like they were building something under Dave Rainey. They were had a couple of very good results. I still remember the COVID game against France where they got a player sent off. I think they were at a stage 13 win and they beat them quite handily. Um, and this is the France that everyone is mm. scared of. And so I thought they were making good progress. And then obviously Eddie Jones uh, gets the gig, but we uh, with anything past, past Eddie Jones. So he must have his, his reasons. And I, I, I hesitate to say that I think they could be the dark horse. Uh, just by virtue of the pool and it mm -hmm. should give them enough time to work out any kinks because it wouldn't be as high pressure as uh, the first two pools. Uh, England's situation with uh, their team, I watched the game last week against Wales, uh, second stick Wales, Welsh team and they did not look like any creative contenders so I might eat humble pie at the end of the World Cup, but yeah, yeah. I, uh, given that the Farrell might be cited for you know further mm. suspension, I'm assuming given the sort of climate with head injuries, they might mm -hmm. take a, a firmer stance on that. Uh, I guess Andre Estherson will be smiling given Farrell's <laughs> challenge, but yeah, England for me, I just don't see any sort of cohesive game plan. I don't see yeah. any standout talent, so uh, yeah, I'm not really worried about them. Who then are you worried about? Well, the, the obvious, <laughs> obvious. I'm, I don't, <laughs> other than New Zealand, yeah. because we won't, we won't see them for, until the semis. Scotland is scary for what they can produce in terms of mm -hmm. attack. I think they've got a very simple team. Uh, Finn Russell's playing really well, he's playing some good yeah. rugby. Uh, yeah. It just depends if we can hold them up. And I think our forwards will have the, the dominance there, but it might be a shootout. And this is where I think uh, we might see a difference mm -hmm. between you that's willing to go toe to toe. Well, that's I like that we start like that then. Yeah, it's quite a defining game for the team. Uh, that Tonga side is looking meatier and meatier. <laughs> Given the you know the eligibility rules that change. Mm. So they have a decent team. I think their squad is lacking obviously. Um, so we should be able to come through that. France had a massive knockdown with uh, Intermark. Yes. Uh, I think the last I checked, I, in terms of 19 combos, they led every single metric. So offloads, passes, line breaks. No, they're, yeah, they're, they're, they're such fun to watch as well. And exactly. playing at home, the crowd will be fired up. They're the neutrals favorite, I imagine, because they're at home and DuPont is just flawless at the moment. 
well for the last while yeah. that's that's going to be tough and we'll we'll see them very soon as well it'll be a quarterfinal matchup should we win pool b and they lose to new zealand in their opener it's it's going to be tough for for the springboks all the way through it's a proper it's a proper knockout competition there's there's no easy match there's no easy matchup there's no resting there's no fielding of a b-side it's just it's tough scotland ireland tonga there's it's gonna be tough and to make it even tougher these warm-up matches you've already touched on the french injuries and our warm-up matches are against wales and new zealand who are historically our toughest physical opponents it's always a mess it's tough physically and injuries are about to happen how do we how do we go into these matches? Can we ask everyone to just play touchies? Like, what, what do we do to to avoid these unnecessary, I want to call them unnecessary injuries. I mean, it's great to prepare. Like you you mentioned Jaden, who hasn't played for a while. We we have a lot of players who haven't played for a while, but is is this really the time to send them out there to the, to the front lines? Uh, the staff is... If they had their own way, I'm sure they would avoid any intensely physical matches. And uh, I guess that's not what the doctor ordered with his two friends coming up. But I think it, it will be a good parameter to see, I think, both coaching teams, all three coaching teams, obviously have their eyes on the World Cup tournament. And so I think you will see a less intense uh, or the intensity will be lessened to what we previously witnessed, just as game planning. Um, I think people will be conscious if there's a 50 50 uh, and I have the opportunity, uh, maybe, you know, players will self regulate in those circumstances. I think with, with, the playtime needed, I think this is good because you also have the opportunity for players to really prove themselves. Uh, I think of the four scrum offs that we have and uh, the abundance in certain positions, I think they will use this as an opportunity. Um, but it will depend on what management has decided. If management is saying, look, we want to trial a few things, which I don't think would be the case. I don't think people would want to reveal their hands before, especially when mm. we have technicians of video footage uh, oh, yeah. coaching. Someone like Eddie Jones, who studies quite a lot of tech. I know the Scottish team is heavily invested in analytics as well as the Irish. I think you we might see some very bland uh, rugby coming up, which for me will be perfectly fine as yeah. long as no one's... I'll take bland. <laughs> yeah, I'll take bland. I think Blair will be, uh, these recent injuries are probably also going to wake him up to the real risk of losing some important players. One feature that we'll be doing throughout this series is we're going to be building the all-time greatest Springboks starting lineup. And we want everyone to get involved. We're going to be making our picks and we'd like you to get involved and send us your picks as well. We're going to go by position. So we're starting with the props today. So yeah, I guess that's two. But we want you to, to send your selections as well and let's Let's discuss, let's debate, let's get talking about this because everyone has a favorite and sometimes your favorite is the best, sometimes not. But we're going for what could be a fourth William Webb Ellis. And should we make history and complete that feat? 
then really the Springboks have earned their right to be among the greatest of all time. And so why not celebrate that in building a fans all-time great team? Tim, I want to know from you. Let's start with one who, in your opinion, in your mind, is the best ever number one. For those who are getting started with, with rugby, one in three, those are our props. They're right in the front. They're leading. They're securing that scrum. They're known as loose heads and tight head props. And that's that's based on the way their their necks, their heads are literally locked in to the opposition. We're going to start right there because without them, we won't have that go forward. We won't have that scrum time, set piece dominance, which often leads to amazing break. It's, it's just, it's such an important part of the game and it's such an important role to play. I want to know from you, Timmy, who is, who are your picks? These are the, the players that do their hard work. The grant work in order to really dominate your opposition, you need a solid forward pack. And I think there can only really be two options in my mind. That's one of our legends, one of only two oh, players okay. who won the World Cup on two occasions. So, for those that are not in the know, that should uh. be Durant, will be yes. my first pick. And the second pick, I actually had to think about this a bit more, mm-hmm. and it's it's a slight cheat, okay. If I can say it's, uh, it's Beast Mutawa. No, no, no. I mean, I'm I'm not saying no to argue. I'm saying no because what an anticlimax that we've selected the same loose and tight head props. This is supposed oh. to be a debate. How, how are we going to debate if we have the same picks? So the cheat is that Beast has played both loose head and tight head. If we want to give it to a specialist, would you consider for a specialist oh, tight head? Okay, throwing a spanner in the works, nice. I guess, I guess Yanni, <laughs> Yanni Duplessis, <laughs> he was reliable. You know, and um, this is the thing. With this position, there's there's another side to it. And and it's the same as positions like fly-off. There's doing their job and then there's the rest of the game. And Yanni is one of those players. This job, tight head prop in the scrum, sensational. But then I chose Beast because overall play, there's there's no argument. And I'll, I'll pick him over Yanni just based on that. But if we're going to go doing the job, securing that scrum as he did in the World Cup in 2007, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna have to vote for him. But it's for me, it's undeniable. Awesome beast. Those are the ones that I choose. You know, some of us are, are fortunate enough to have seen them playing together, and that's the, those are the ones we'll choose. But if if we have to throw that spanner in and go no pure tight head then sure okay yanni yeah i mean it is complicated even further when we think mm-hmm. that john smith also moved to uh, oh my to goodness <laughs> to accommodate <laughs> this mark yes Bismarck, as the yeah. as a hooker yes yeah well i think um on the balance of it 
piece is our longest serving mm-hmm. loose head. Yes. Um, but Aussies are most decorated. Oh, so yeah. I don't think you, like you said, you really can't go wrong with either. And we know that Beast has played on both sides. So I think Yanni is a fair shout given his, his track record. <laughs> but if I were to place, uh, you know, put the team together, mm. I would prefer Aussie and Beast because Beast sure. has that overall. And then I don't think there's a specialist lock like um, Aussie, I mean, not a lock, mm. sorry, <laughs> prop. Prop, yes. Like Aussie, as good as Beast was, he was. Mm. I don't think Os probably count the amount of times Os lost the scramble on his own feed. That's just a guarantee yeah. that uh, you know provides much stability for the team. Yeah, he's all he's also such a hard worker, and when it comes to these players, you know the work rate is it, it makes a difference. It can make or break your your forward motion. And then with Beast, I just I want to mention him when it comes to that restart. Ball. And I have this picture in my mind of him having, Lustig. yes, <laughs> yes. It was for the Sharks. It wasn't for the Springboks. The specific, the specific moment in rugby history where he just had who? Who was it? Jean Dacel. <laughs> he had one of the of the loose of the loose forwards Lucia. above him. Yeah. Yes. Man, the strength. It's no wonder they call him the beast. So those are our picks, Ors and Beast. We'd love to know who you would pick up front in your all-time greatest Springbok lineup. And then finally, just to wrap up, have there been any trends that you've seen online? I know, of course, everyone is getting excited about the World Cup, getting the banter going having different things to to talk about and just adding to the fun is there is there anything that stood out for you and something that you want to tell people about or, or encourage them to go on and check out i've been i guess the news of the day is the new kit mm-hmm. <laughs> that everyone's been talking about um but yeah i'm just biding my time waiting for the world cup to start in earnest in terms of anything in particular for the World Cup, I think it would be a good time to actually go back and re-watch some of the World Cup oh, winning yes. teams. Um, right. I think that's been quite of a, a eye-opener. Um, just looking back to the 2007 team and how dominant they really were for that spell. Mm. I think with that those with those two props that we just mentioned, of course. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, this, it's, it's just a sort of get you in the the mood, get you mm. really reliving those moments. I, I don't think there's anything like rugby in South Africa at least that has the ability to to unite people. I know it's you know said many times but mm. but it's true. I, I have tangible uh, and vivid memories of, of those World Cup wins. So it is something that, uh, you know, brings the goosebumps mm. back. And I think it's very much worth your time mm. uh, to sort of see the legacy that this team in particular stand to create yeah. based on the 2019 results. So it just gives us a bit more motivation to support the, sure. the boys and the team. For sure. So go on and do that. Get your gears on, as they say, watching those historical moments, 2007 
97, 2019, and if you can, 1995. Watch that uh, quarterfinal against Samoa. That was <laughs> that was exceptional as well. Chest is a hero. Yeah. But wait, wait, wait. We'll leave that for another time. And then <laughs> yeah, hop onto socials where you can check out all the different kits that have been revealed and let us know if you have a favorite or if you have any thoughts um, in that regard and then just rugby bits on on twitter they've they've started sort of a, a conversation if you will where we're looking at collective nouns and language lovers you know what i'm talking about um you know a gaggle of geese and things like that but they're looking for the equivalent for rugby players a troop of fly halves, a murder of open sides, a door of locks, and and things like that. Mm. And we'd love to to hear your ideas for those as well, because those yeah, that's that's quite entertaining as well. So we're, we're we're using those those language muscles and then celebrating rugby at the same time. But that's that's all for our first episode. We'd love to hear from you and we will share ways that you can get in touch with us in our description. So do take a read over there. Timothy Joshua, it's been exceptional chatting. I look forward to the next one. Yes, thanks for having me. Um, yeah, it's been it's been a, a nice warm up, a little entree <laughs> before the main course. Hopefully we didn't ruffle too many feathers uh, mm. with our selections. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I guess this is also a good time for the audience to educate us. Oh, yes. Like I said, my watching experience only extends so far. So it would be good to have uh, knowledgeable rugby fans give their input. Absolutely. I'm so excited for those. Until then, this is Nice Try for the fans, by the fans.